Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Jake with you, live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you today? Terrific, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. I got uh, the one, the only Johnny Lightfoot right here next to me. I was going to take credit for reconfiguring this machine myself, but I figured that would be that would be that would blow past the pale of believability. So uh, yeah, Johnny was here setting it up so that it works better. So uh, well, I think we're in good shape. While he's there, why don't you have him set up and and play a little concert, a little backyard gig for the, for the family. <laughs> He didn't bring his guitar with oh, him. Oh, he did not. Oh, well, no, missed opportunity. He doesn't have it handy, you know. Missed opportunity but, there, uh, buddy. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, we're. Uh, I think we're in good shape. Uh, good. Well, that that's outsta- uh, outstanding. We are hearing you loud and clear, so shout out to Johnny Lightfoot. My wife texted me yesterday during the show, and she said, quit interrupting Jake. <laughs> and I texted her back and said, it, there's a, there was like a three-second delay at that time. And I said, that's why. So anybody who has uh, watched our, or listened to our show, I want you to know that if I was, uh, if, uh, if I was uh, sounding, uh, my timing was off, it's, uh, it's because uh, uh, of the machine. Can I blame it on that? You can. And we were equally guilty there. So, you know, I, I stepped on you plenty. We're de- we're dealing with it. We're getting through. It's all good. It's 2020. It's it's the year of adaptation and uh, I- innovation. What about the rest of the time, though? What the about not yesterday? Got, no, the rest of the time I got nobody to blame. So uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Personal <laughs> accountability. I like that, too. Yeah. 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 All right, buddy. Well, sounding sounding good, loud and clear. We're going to have a good show. We're off to a good start. Sounds like we're in a good mood. The sun is shining. Uh, life is good. 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 Now, Austin, everything good with you? Uh, you got any Austin Austin's list items today? Oh, it's Tuesday, isn't it? It is Tuesday. God, I have a, a, a bevy <laughs> of items that could go on the list today. I have an off-air suggestion for you because I know that this bothers you, and I encountered it today and, and thought of you. So remind me to, Fireworks? to, to share with that off-the-air. I, I do it on the air, uh, but you might want you might use it. So I'll, I'll do it off-the-air first. Okay. It, it, didn't, it didn't have anything to do with uh, stupid people in St. George, did it? 
Oh, the you watched the thing Jimmy Kimmel retweeted? <laughs> no, I don't. Grief. I don't. No, no, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It, it has to do with a mutual frustration that oh. Nat Austin and I now share. I wasn't. Uh, I was like, nah, not a big deal. But I'm coming around to his side on something, so I'll oh. I'll have an an off the air talk about that. I can't wait. I love it when Austin complains. I mean, because some some people don't like to hear people complain. They say don't complain because half the people, how's that saying go? Half the people are happy that you're unhappy or something. I don't know. But I like it because to me, it, uh, it, it, it well, one, it's humorous. <laughs> My plights are humorous to you? <laughs> and secondly... It, it, it makes me feel better about my own life. Yeah, you know? there it is. There it is. That's the not one. really, not really. I, I, I empathize, but, uh, but I, I don't know. I like it. I think it's therapeutic for everybody. Well, you don't have to wait too long for me to complain. Austin's, <laughs> Austin's complaining and misery is therapeutic for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Except me. That makes sense. We need to come up with a new term for Austin's bad luck. You know, cause it's, it's not tragic luck. Uh, it's not. It, it, it's just. It's just bad luck. You know. Uh, yeah. it, it's. It's kind of like the uh, the movie uh, Kingpin, where they talk about getting Munson, uh, getting Munson out here in the middle of nowhere, and uh-huh. it was named after Roy Munson. But some guy, you know, who it could be Austin. You know, got Austin <laughs> again today, <laughs> or Horton. Oh. Hoarded, hoarded. I like yeah. uh, Austin. It kind of has a good ring to it. Like, yeah, if uh, if you're late for a meeting and you get a flat tire, you got Austin. If you get a flat tire and arrested, then you really got Austin. Yeah, or like the time I got a flat tire and then the guy I went to get it fixed by broke the stud on the tire. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then you have what was the one where it was snowing like uh, the uh, that was that same was night that that one the yeah. snowpocalypse it was, it was, flat tire yeah it was, yeah. yeah. Me, me and the abominable snowman out there changing my flat. And then the next morning, I, I wake up. My pipes are frozen in my house. I drive on the spare to the tire store. They strip the stud off the wheel. It was a great kick you in the shorts day. So, in other words, you got Austin all weekend. Yep, it was yeah. terrific. <laughs> well, that's Austin's life. But here's the good news. You know, Austin, you're hitting field goals left and right, going far left, far right, missing left and right, but then at the end of the game, you put it right down the middle for the game winner. That's what's going to happen. Did in you your just life. D- d- compare Austin to uh, Goskowski's uh, <laughs> game yesterday? Guy looked like he'd never kicked before in his life. <laughs> oh man, did you did you hear his post game comments? Maybe we listened to those. I they were incredible. He was like, "Yeah, I hit the game winner, and I'm glad that I didn't blow it for my guys, but I really stank tonight." That was like his comment. He was like, "Yeah, unacceptable. I played terribly. I'm just so happy I didn't blow it, and that guys are going home happy." Yeah, he'd be without a job today if he had missed it. <laughs> right. Well, that last one. I mean, <laughs> Jake, you could have hit that field goal, right? Well, I don't know, Gordon, because I've missed a lot of really easy putts in my life. <laughs> That's true. You know what it, I mean? It does happen. I, yeah. I've missed a lot of easy ones with a lot on the line. Like, see, here you go. This is going to be a birdie. And then I leave myself more than I started with. That that yeah, happens to good. me all the time. But I'm telling you, though, with Austin, this is what's going to happen. He's going to have he's going to get Austin. Left and right, early in his life, and then by the end of his life, 
It's going to be right down the pipe, it's, man. It's, it's all going to happen. Yeah. Everything's I, 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 all going to turn out. I just got a feeling about it, Austin. That's he's going to meet his – no, I'm not going to put it that way because he's already met his Vanessa Angel. I was trying to think the the gal that Woody Harrelson ended up with in uh, in Kingpin. Isn't that her name? Vanessa Angel? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's already happened. <laughs> good save there. Yeah. yeah, that was a good – I was really trying to, to – that was Save. a check swing yeah, if I ever saw that it. That was rough. <laughs> I do love that movie, though. A pill to first? Oh, I don't <laughs> okay. know. Okay. Mm. I caught By it. By the way, speaking of uh, speaking of that, Austin and I were talking about this off the air. I don't think we brought it on the air yesterday, but did you see the Milwaukee Brewers pitcher who fell when he was I did. on the mound? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I've never seen that. In, in all my years of watching Major League Baseball, I've never seen that. A pitcher fall over? I, I think I've seen it a couple times. Not Maybe not Major League Baseball, but... Well, see, well, I, I, yeah, I've seen it in Little League. I've seen it in Majors, too, but not like that. That yeah. looked like he lost a bet and had to do it. That that was... <laughs> he defied physics. I mean, we've all seen the one where the guy has a, a lower uh, kick delivery and the cleat catches on right. the dirt or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I've seen that. But I, I've never seen. I mean, and but his form was impeccable on the somersault uh, <laughs> and to stand right back up again. Meanwhile, everyone in the dugout, dugout, all of his teammates are just absolutely busting up laughing. That was funny. Well, it looked like an invisible brick wall suddenly appeared in <laughs> mid windup. It so was... I only saw it obviously on a clip. What is the what is the call on that? That's a balk. It's a balk, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And, and well, that's boy. a crappy way to give up a buck. Yes, it is. <laughs> There's give no me, worse give way. me a buck where you're cheating to pick somebody off first, you know, then or, or or whatever. Then you're like, okay, well, you know, they got me. Yeah, you do some kind of a backflip uh, move to get them at second base, and and you they're did like, it wrong, hey, and, yeah. you you twitch the shoulder. Uh, it, was, uh, it looked cool. Yeah, exactly. But it looked awesome. Not, uh, not, not falling on your face. Not, and I forgot like, how to stand. <laughs> I don't care if you've thrown 20,000 pitches. When you have something like that happen, that next pitch is going to be a tough one. You know, because you're thinking about keeping your feet. You're not thinking about anything else. So that was that kind of like Kind of like the, and I experienced this one, kind of like the, Next pitch after you just gave up a, a home run that landed in the next county. That next pitch is like, okay, we can't go back to back here. <laughs> I'd rather throw a ball than a pitch that's gonna gonna go into tomorrow. That's why a lot of pitchers hit the next batter, just cause. Oh, well, that's always a good idea in my yeah. book. You know how? Whoops! I stand got on away that. from yeah, me. Oh man. Oh. Yeah, Dang but it. see, all that, all that does is make your situation potentially worse. How? You just get not, hit with the ball. Not, and you, you feel you got, better. Now you, got, now you got another base runner to worry about. I thought you were all for violence in sports. Oh, whatever. No, I, I'll, I'll, only when necessary. I'll deal, <laughs> I'll deal with another base runner if it means I don't give up back-to-back home runs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's a lot that's got to happen to get that base runner home for it to matter. Okay, so uh, Austin, both Jake and I are former pitchers. What would happen if we went out uh, to the local ballpark somewhere and Jake and I had a little pitch off? Oh, you would win. What? Oh, I, I almost guarantee you'd win. Well, I'm three I've times ne- older than you. I've never felt felt older in my life than I do right now. Can I tell you why? 
and maybe this is what I credit my good golf game on Sunday. But Saturday, I'm lowering a bed closer to the ground up at my parents' house. I'm I'm helping out with this horribly designed bed that that needs to go closer to the ground for my uh, for my toddler or whatever. And I had an awkward angle on it with the old uh, screwdriver, and awkwardly like leaned on my wrist for way too long. And it is absolutely still killing me to this moment. Like, I uh, just leaned on my wrist for a little bit. Now what, I've got to suffer for weeks? Like in a push-up position? <laughs> kind like, of, like yeah. Like everyone does every right. day? Huh. Like, this this should not be painful at all. <laughs> this should not be bothering me ever, let alone uh, let alone uh, several, like, days later. I think I've got reverse Benjamin Button. I think I really am 85. <laughs> reverse well, Benjamin good. Button, that's just... <laughs> Life, isn't it? But accelerated. I see. Aren't you? But you're heading in the other direction. But accelerated. Well, get used to it, my friend, because uh, it, it it usually doesn't get better. I don't know who'd throw the ball harder at this point, uh, Gordon. Speed wasn't. Uh, velocity was never really my thing as a pitcher, anyway. You were crafty. Yeah, I was more lefty tricks, that sort of thing. All right. Well, well, what do you mean by that? What's what's with the deep side? Well, oh, how boring. <laughs> no, <laughs> this was your exercise, pal. Yeah. All our listeners right now of, of various ages are all thinking about what, what condition their body is in right now. You know, some of them, some of all y'all out there, are young and vibrant and feeling like you know you could run through a, a brick wall. And then the, the middle-agers out there are going, well, I used to have it, but now I'm not. And then uh, those of us who are, you know, geriatric age, uh, you know, we're uh, we're saying, uh, man, I was really good back in the day. Well, I'm rapidly heading down that direction, Gordon. Maybe I need to consume more calcium or something. What do you mean? You shot a, 70, shot a 76 on Sunday, man. It, you got it going on. And my wrist hurt the whole time, which is what I'm worried about. Now, to keep my golf game at a high level, do I have to intentionally <laughs> injure myself? You uh, know, it's amazing how many professional athletes have performed well when they were somehow bothered by something. Uh, that's a thing. I believe it. I've seen it too many times where somebody was nicked up somehow and they over overcame it by uh, increased focus. Uh, this is far from a professional athlete experience, but I had one of my best Little League All-Star games when I was absolutely sick to my stomach and vomiting on the rag. In fact, I, I threw up on first base and <laughs> kicked some dirt over it, uh, but I played awesome. It was like, my, it was like seriously, my, my best Little League game ever. Who was it who used to throw up before every game? I'm oh, Steve like Young. E every football player ever that ever existed. But Our if you've got if you've got a stomach ailment, though, I don't know how. You, I mean, that's 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 quite an achievement on your well, part. Without because, a stomach, I mean, you, without a stomach thing, ailment, Donovan Mitchell may never have started for the Utah Jazz. True. Our boy Rodney Hood, uh, <laughs> my coach, uh, who who was a great coach actually. His whole solution was, all right, just keep pouring Gatorade down his throat. Just, like, keep him hydrated. Like, as much Gatorade as you can get down there, uh, do that. And then I'd uh, reject the Gatorade, play an inning, and then continue with the, the hydration process. How about, did anybody ever come to the conclusion that it might be a good idea to sit you down? <laughs> no. Are you kidding? I was playing out of my mind. Did you miss that part? <laughs> 
The Yankees were, like, all, were there to watch him. Like four for four and winning the game from a team. <laughs> I did miss that part. Uh, all right. Well, you know. Anywho, uh, should we dive into the split story? Or should we tease this uh, for coming up next, Austin? Should we tease it? Uh, we have a hot mic incident that is very relevant to the world of college football. And, and should we take a moment here, uh, Gordon, to to offer our uh, gratitude to the great Austin Horton, executive producer of The Big Show, who holds our careers in his very hands each and every day <laughs> and expressed that I think you just do a terrific job, Austin, both oh. on and off uh, the job. Uh, I think that you are a wonderful human. And I, you know what? I agree with Gordon for once. I couldn't um, like listening to you complain more. <laughs> 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 think about let's think about this for our listeners and maybe you've picked up on this through the years but all austin has to do is f- push one button one button in order to end jake's career not mine so much because i don't say wild crazy inappropriate things never when uh, ever when we're off the air never but but jake but me of one, course one push of one button and you're done oh boy All right, so stay tuned. We're going to get into that hot mic moment, which has to do with college football in the Big Ten. Stay tuned. That's coming up next. It's The Big Show. Uh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's a total request Tuesday. Today's theme, songs about walking. You can tweet at us at Austin Horton, at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson. Uh, it's brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. We know you don't like this song, Gordon, but I do. And my daughter likes this song. This is actually the second time I've listened to this song today. Yeah. It's never a bad time. No, never. Yeah, never. you said you'd rather walk a batter than give up a home run. So that Walking. Song, yeah. I like it. It's a good theme today. Sometimes you got to give up a walk, Gordon. It's all right. All right. Uh, I, I've been walking uh, almost every day. Good. And uh, that's something I... I used to do it on a treadmill a little bit, but I haven't really gotten out and about doing it. But I've been doing it, and I, I agree. It uh, it does uh, do a body good. Good for the mind, body, and soul. And, uh, yeah, sometimes when the other team's best hitter is, is up, you just think, you know what? I'm not going to give him anything to hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, see, this is what happened to me a lot in Little League uh, where, you know, I, I, it just pitched to me. You know, oh, quit, quit. this happened to you. <laughs> Just pitch it. Stop it. It's always okay, so- Barry Bonds. You know, you want to complain <laughs> about the guy in the number five slot behind you, how he wasn't good enough, so they'd walk you all the time. <laughs> uh, frustrating. Yeah, I know. It's it's just brutal. Uh, but but I got on base a lot. You know. Well, that matters. Yeah, that matters. Just ask uh, what's his name, Billy Bean. Loves people who get on base. That movie still bugs me, by the way. Have I ever talked to you about this? Uh, tell me. 
Okay. Well, you've seen the movie uh, Moneyball, and it is he's a he's a great general manager, and he's rethought how things are done. And I, I don't mean to take credit away from anybody, but the movie in particular, the way they made it seem like the Bad News Bears. They had the best pitching staff in baseball, <laughs> like by far. And Miguel Tejada was not even a character in the movie, and he was the AL MVP. So <laughs> let's not pretend like they figured out some wacko formula to turn Walter Matthau's uh, raggedy bunch of kids into World Series champs. Uh, let's I mean, obviously they didn't win the World Series, but it's like the, the four best players on the team were not even characters in the movie. Like, where's yeah, Barry they, Zito, bruh? That guy was yeah. on fire that season. When Scott well, Hattenberg is your main character, right. you're not telling the truth. Come on. Yeah, but it's Hollywood, right? Right. It's Hollywood. That's what bugged yeah, As a sports fan, that's what bugged me about that. I, I understand you're a little pent up about certain details, but didn't they started out real slow that year? That was a fact, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. And then Miguel Tejada got to know some folks over there at Balco, and all of a sudden they they catch fire. <laughs> I, I love it how they've ignored that little storyline too. I mean, it wasn't yeah. that far from the stadium. Even. No, it was like across the street. <laughs> the devil is in the details. And then sometimes. strange, he leaves the A's and signs with the Orioles, who uh, uh, is somewhat years. of a fan yeah. of. And yeah, his career's over. <laughs> But the good news is yeah. he basically bankrupted the franchise on his way out. Went from 28 to 42. Who was he? It was Barry Zito, Mark Mulder, and um, who was the other guy who might have been the oh, best I of them all? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it was like a reincarnation of the Braves of the, the mid-90s, and everybody just wants to ignore that the pitching staff was like— yeah, Hudson, of course. Uh, Tim Hudson, Speaking yeah. of the Braves. Who yeah. was basically the best of the whole staff. And uh, what they they highlighted, they lost a couple of players that uh, didn't matter. Jason Giambi, like, oh, how's this team going to win a game? Well, I'll tell you how. <laughs> Giambi was uh, was busy back in those days, wasn't he? Uh, what do you mean by busy? Hitting uh, a lot of dingers, or <laughs> or he got on base a, little, a lot, get, get, getting a little enhancement. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I mean, everybody in the Bay Area, right? I mean, that was a thing. Balco was a thing. They were like the the epicenter of all that. So, yeah, we can all celebrate Billy Bean and Moneyball and what a genius and all that, but that movie bugs me. (laughs) (laughs) You're like that persnickety person who who is uh, some student of history and somebody comes up with a docudrama and you're getting all hung up on the little details. (laughs) Yeah, I am in this in this particular case. I am. It's true. Which would you rather do? Watch an absolutely truthful film that bored you to tears or a film that uh, may have played a little fast and loose with the facts, but uh, is thrilling? You mean don't let the truth uh, get in the <laughs> way of a way good, good story? <laughs> is that what you're getting, that what you're getting nah. at? Well, no, I, I, don't mean, per- I, think I don't you, personally follow that mantra, but you know, maybe for Hollywood. In, in the movies, you could at least acknowledge a giant part of the story. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think you said it right. They, they gloss over a few uh, important things. <laughs> Hall of Fame pitching staff and an <laughs> AL MVP. <laughs> 
Yeah, All right. it's true. <laughs> it's you would have thought that that team had just been uh, assembled uh, on the fly, you know, with uh, with no talent. And somehow, mathematically, Jonah Hill is uh, working these losers into an Hill title contender. Come on, <laughs> Jonah. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't how it went? I was watching baseball at that time, and yeah, there was a great story. But let's not pretend like there weren't some awesome players on that team. It certainly wasn't yeah. Scott Hatterberg carrying them to 20 wins in a row or whatever it was. Okay. Speaking of the A's, have you seen their green uniforms? Man, they are sweet looking. I'm all about it. I've always liked the A's garb and uh, logo and such. Those all right. green, those green, uh, those green uh, jerseys are. That, that's a good look. All right, let's uh, let's get into the split story of the day, shall we? Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in college football. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. Oh really? I I heard that that was happening. I didn't anticipation about that good for you maybe that'll get off your plate <laughs> well, it never will but it's 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 a good move in the right direction all right that was a hot mic moment before a press conference with the university of nebraska gordon is their president hints at an announcement coming from the big 10 as soon as tonight so ted carter president of nebraska uh, might have just let the cat out of the bag these days, you got to be careful. There's a hot mic everywhere, right? So here's here's my question to you, Gordon. All right. So if if this let's let's assume it's true for a moment, and that he's letting the cat out of the bag, because that certainly is not determined fact. But let's say it's true for a second, okay? So in this circumstance, uh, the Nebraska president would be Crispy Haynes in the Gordon Hayward situation. <laughs> now, does the big? How does the Big Ten react? Tonight, do they just go ahead and make their announcement and say, oh, man, sorry this leaked. But, yeah, we're, we're excited Big Ten football is coming back for the following reasons and uh, good times. Or do they do what Gordon Hayward's camp tried to do and say, that man is a liar, and then announcing the same thing like 24 hours later than you planned? No, I think you go ahead with the original plan. And uh, it is, if it's a leak, it's a leak, and that's fine. Uh, I wouldn't rearrange anything on account of that coming out. No. And if you deny it, all it does is make you look stupid later. No, you, you uh, blame the Nebraska president for being loose-lipped and then say, hey, this is what we're doing and, and we're going to have Big Ten football after all. Um, I hope that I hope that's the case. And maybe this, this Nebraska president, Gordon, is really ahead of the game and things have not uh, really been decided yet, but I, I hope it's the case. I hope the Big Ten makes an announcement that they've got a plan to return, and I hope we find out uh, some dates involved, and I hope the Pac-12 is soon to follow. I have no problem with it as long as it can be done safely. That's uh, always my uh, baseline. Well, I mean, from what the Pac-12's laid out, I, I, I don't know, Gordon, you could speak to your standard of safety uh, more than I can, obviously, but I mean, if you're testing every day with that 15-minute test return, and it's proven to be accurate. I don't know how much better you can do. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I guess. Although you can say that uh, guys on the field are not social distancing. Right, but, I mean, if you've done gone to that great length to 
uh, I guess, uh, prove that nobody's got the virus out on the field, does that matter? I mean, isn't that the whole point? That's, uh, you know, given the circumstance around college football, that that is probably the best they can do because they can't put the guys in a bubble. Uh, they can't do what the NBA does. And so if you test every day, that's about as as close as you can come to uh, to making it uh, safe. Um, but I would still, if I'm a coach, I would still be urging my players to be ultra careful. Oh, ultra yeah. Careful. If they want to play football. If they don't want to play football, then it doesn't matter. If they want to just be like any old college student and, and throw caution to the wind, then they're going to do that. you know. But if I'm a coach, I'm begging my players, stay away, social distance, stay away from people, wear a mask, make sure the people around you wear a mask, take care of yourself so you can play football. You still might get something. Somebody still, you know, I'm not sitting here blaming people who, who, who are infected with the virus. But do everything possible to be as safe as you can be so the whole team can play. And so both teams can play and have an enjoyable experience instead of worrying about, uh, oh, you know, I really shouldn't have been making out with my girlfriend last night. You know, I'm sorry. There are tough choices to make at this point if you want to play football and if you want to stay safe. Do you take the more cynical side of the discussion just for a second, Gordon? Because I, I don't disagree, and I would guess that all college football coaches are, are selling that to their players, or, or at least most of them are, I would hope. Um, but if they're, I mean, if you're testing every single day and somebody does want to head out to a young and dumb party, then you mitigate the damage, right? I mean, hopefully the, the person is text, tested the next day and it's or, or, or whenever the you know, virus reveals itself, whatever period of time that is. What is it usually? Haven't they been saying it's like a week? But anyway, point is, you you hope you catch it before it's able to uh, to fill the room, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's the entire idea. So, I mean, you, you you lose one, you lose two, you lose three. You know, you're you're glad it's not a dozen or more or twenty four. I mean, that's the whole idea, right? So, if somebody were to slip up. The, the precautions you are taking are to ensure that uh, that's as little damage as possible. So if you're a betting man, Jake, uh, and I said, will the Big Ten and will the Pac-12 be playing football in November, your answer would be? Looking that way. Well. Uh, I yep. mean, it's it, it's looking that way. They're they're reaching whatever standard has been created internally that they've got to reach, which I – you know, Gordon, I I was ho- I hoped was possible all along. You know, we've got to think of these things surgically, and what do you have to do to to make it as mitigate as much risk as possible? And whoever standard that uh, that you know whoever whoever is setting that standard, you know, do every everything you can to meet it. And I it looks like that's the direction the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are are going. I hope that that is. I mean, there's still some complications out there involving you know the playoff and bowl games and all that that sort of thing. But I'd like to see a plan in place. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's all mixed up right now as far as the timing goes. But uh, you know, it's like Josh Newman reminded us yesterday when we had him on. That was yesterday, right? It was. Uh, he he said that the difference between some of the pro teams and the college teams, say in California. Uh, why the, the pro teams have been able to play and the college teams haven't is because they have that access to that uh, rapid testing. Uh, and so that, that makes a big, obviously that would be a big influence as far as 
government leaders go and uh, and then the colleges themselves. Well, that and a bag full of money. Well, yeah, because it costs money, right? Well, I mean, you just, you know, you got to get the politicians to get out of the way. You know, a little something for a little something for the effort usually helps that. You know, helps is that everyone on the take? Is that what, what, what I'm just saying? That doesn't hurt. You know, you grease the wheels a little bit. Have you ever wondered how? And I don't want to get all political here, but have you ever wondered how when people get into office for a long time that they always walk away really wealthy? <laughs> Wonder about that, do you? Yeah, how's that happen exactly? Well, see, Gordon, you have NFL teams and and NCAA college football teams backed into a corner. <laughs> and then you'd say, how would you guys like to play? <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course I'm kidding, Gordon. I don't know, but I have asked myself that question. All right. you have any answers you want to you weigh in? I have you no, know, because I'm pure as the driven snow. Uh, Never bribed anybody in your life, not even Austin. Uh, maybe I have. I don't know. Don't want to say uh, yes or no. But uh, you know, obviously, everyone's looking for the best solutions, not just for sports, but in in all walks of life. And uh, look, we're all rooting for it. We all we all want some bits of normalcy to come back. I just I just wonder how it's going to go. Even if they do start playing and they are testing and whatnot, I wonder how many interruptions uh, every school that is playing is going to face. Well, I think that's where the mitigating damages comes in because you hope it's not, even if it does come into the locker room, it's not widespread enough to to force a cancellation or something along those lines. But I, I've uh, been talking about this for a little bit. I'd, I'd schedule in some flexibility. Doesn't It doesn't hurt, you know? Uh, make sure that uh, you you are able to adapt to the situation on the ground. I think if if this whole thing has proved anything, it's that I mean BYU can can schedule a game within a week. You were talking about this yesterday, Gordon. I mean, mm-hmm. a sport in college football that has been extraordinarily unflexible over right. the years has mm-hmm. proved itself to be somewhat flexible, even if if you view it to its detriment. It has been it has been flexible. So. Build in some flexibility in that schedule and and plan to adapt to some things and plan to handle some situations and I'm proceed not sure how much as you, can you can. Do, I'm not sure how much you can do that, though, because if you're scheduling certain teams who have other obligations at other times, and uh, it, sometimes it's hard to, to uh, figure all that. Well, in BYU's case, certainly. But, I mean, moving... Uh, the the just to the conference helps with that a lot, right? Yeah, but even that gets in the way because if uh, if Stanford is scheduled to play SC one week and the week after that they're scheduled to play Cal, then w- what are you going to do? Okay, you're going to miss the SC game, but uh, you know you can't you can't bump Cal out to accommodate SC, it, so so it gets crowded. It does get crowded. And, I mean, we could micro look at this thing all day, but what was the original Pac-12 schedule that they released for some reason, even though they canceled the season the next day? Uh, do you remember it, it, it left, was it three bye weeks and then a spot at the end of the year? Was it that many or was it two, I, or was it two bye weeks and a week at the end of the year? I think it was three. Yeah, I, don't I mean, if you spread it out a little bit, and what's the worst that's going to happen? A team gets an extra bye week. Oh, darn it. You know, whereas you build yourself in a little cushion and if you put, you know, one, two, three by weeks in there, uh, you would hope that you could move the pieces around in order to do it. 
So I have a I have a, a technical question. It really sounds pretty simplistic and stupid, but I'll I'll go ahead and ask it anyway. If you're testing every other day or every day, how is it? How long does it take for the virus to make itself evident? Yeah, that's what I don't know. I've I've looked into that in recent months, and uh, the best I can see is a week. But it also I don't think you can't be contagious before it shows up. So. And in some cases, with the the players who are asymptomatic, then then they they don't know they have it. But I, it's the same question comes comes to the fore, and that is, when does it reveal itself? Well, it, uh, with in the testing with, with the asymptomatic thing, it doesn't matter because you're you're testing everyone every day. So right, but but how long does it take from time of infection to show up in the test? Yeah. I got you. From what I've seen, about a week. But I don't know. I'm not a doctor or an epidemiologist. I've been accused recently of playing one on the air. But uh, I'm not sure, Gordon. Does it Does it matter? Well, it kind of does because if, if, if there's hang time there, then it could affect future dates. All right, but we're, we're, we're talking minutes and hours as opposed to days, which was a month ago at this time. No, you'd still be talking days because you could be testing every day. But if it's not going to show itself for a week, then you've got that hang time. And you're not contagious for a week. And in this case, what I'm talking about days is I'm talking about return of tests. So not only do you have to be showing the virus at that time, you have to wait days until you figure out whether or not you've yeah. got it. Now we're yeah. talking about 15 minutes. And we're talking about testing every day. I, I don't know, Gordon. You maybe that doesn't meet your standard, but that that is a that is that is a lot of precaution. Yeah, is that what the NFL's doing? I don't know what the NFL's doing, but it's what the Pac-12 is starting to, or trying to do. Josh Newman told us it's what the NFL's doing doing mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm sure his information is accurate, but it's what the Pac-12 is talking about doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'm if I'm being tested every day and it's coming back negative. I'm I'm going to feel pretty good about about my status. I would know? hope so, uh, but, you, but you never know where you might contract it or how. But you know, as far as you knowing about it, well, you're going to know about it. That's the idea. All right, we'll get to uh, more coming up next. Uh, we'll talk some NBA basketball, of course, because today is a big day in the playoffs. A game seven day. I can't oh, believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This series isn't a game seven, but we'll talk about it. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. to Chadwood. Is that right? Chadwid? Chadwick! Hell, I can't hear. Anyway, you requested this on a total request Chad something. Chad, bless you, Chad. Sorry. Uh, thanks for suggesting something. We appreciate it. It's Total Request Tuesday. Songs about walking, because sometimes it's better to give up a walk. Uh, at Jake Scott Zone, at Austin Horton, at Gordon Monson. 
Uh, so uh, send it uh, that way. Gordon, I cannot believe we're talking about a Game 7. I cannot believe Denver has pushed the Clippers to seven games. Maybe I should give Denver more credit. But I, I'm just surprised. At times during this series, the Clippers have been – they look like they're unbeatable. And then they managed to blow it. I, I don't know if this series going to a Game 7 is more about the – the back-against-the-wall nuggets that are just incredible at this, uh, these sorts of uh, elimination games, or the Clippers just letting them hang around? Well, I will say this about this particular game. All the pressure is on the Clippers. Oh, yeah. The, the Nuggets, they can play free. Because whether they win this, it'd be uh, I'm sure that they're thinking that they, they want to win it and they're going to win it. But what they've done is already remarkable if the clippers get knocked off by the nuggets though then there's going to be all kinds of grumbling it's going to be like austin's list it's going to be all kinds of complaining going on and uh, so that obviously advantage i think the advantage is with the nuggets and uh, the, the the can the clippers handle that well Kawhi leonard he's he's got some experience in that regard so you'd think they would be able to but I, like you, thought this was going to be over three or four or five days ago. Yeah, I mean, it's because the Clippers have the advantage, though, Gordon. They have the better team. <laughs> they, they've got a better team by a long way, actually. And uh, Kawhi Leonard hasn't been the issue, so you got to look at it because he's really had a good series, and you got to look at it and say, all right, what else? You know, Paul George, of course, has been up and down, but I don't know. I look at Doc Rivers a little bit, who – you know, when he had kind of a, a really good team with the Clippers, in my opinion, underachieved. You know, why can't this team, you know, band together to be the team I think we all think they could be? And maybe, you know what, that's Kawhi Leonard's fault, who didn't put in the time to bother to play at the beginning of the regular season to figure out how to play with this group. Maybe that's the issue. I don't know. But they're they're disappointing in the, in the fact that they're not as good as they could be. Well, there's a couple things at play here. One is... Are they really better than they have been demonstrating? Maybe they're not. Maybe certain guys aren't anymore. Uh, or or maybe it's a matter of how they fit together. And maybe some of it is attitudinal. Some of it is mental. Some of it, there could be all kinds of things going on. But that's the beauty of the NBA playoffs. That's that, that, It used to be that you could pretty much script out what was going to happen. And that was kind of boring. I like it. I, I like the uncertainty. I like the fact that you can't just write teams. And a lot of people, and maybe myself inclu- included, you know, just wrote the Clippers in. They're going to the NBA Finals, and they're going to they're going to be there. Well, not so fast. Well, you don't know, don't nuggets. get me don't get me wrong, Gordon. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about a game seven. I'm actually uh-huh. really excited for the game seven. I just like being right. I have never, and I don't know whether this has ever happened before, I've never seen a team do what the Nuggets are doing right now. Uh, I can't recall a, a team coming back from 3-1 in consecutive series. Has that ever happened before? I doubt it. I'd agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. <laughs> I like it. But, uh, yeah, this is, I like seeing unusual things happen. I, I like, uh, it's, you know, I mean, nobody around here wanted to see the Nuggets beat the Jazz. After the Jazz were up 3-1, and they, in the first game of that series, went into overtime. So the Nuggets were one point away from being swept. And here they are fighting back the way, uh, twice. And some people thought, okay, they did it to the Jazz. Eh, no way against the Clippers. 
Uh, we are. Beautiful. Beautiful thing about sports. Our friend Although Ty- you, you could you could make the argument that it would be better if the Clippers won because then it would make the Western Conference Finals more competitive, but maybe maybe that's still selling the Nuggets short. Our friend Tyson weighs in on Twitter. Our friend Tyson Ewing, who is a Utah Jazz broadcast statistician, bowlers guy, uh, and he weighs in with us a lot. Tyson's great. He says, hey, fellas, nerdy stat alert. The team that trailed 3-1 in a series has won four straight Game 7s. But prior to 2015, the team that led 3-1 won Game 7 a total of 21 times out of 29 games. Wow. Team that led has won 21 times. Team that trailed has won 12. Okay. All right. So I don't know. That means bet on the Clippers. Get in the car, Austin. We're going to Wendover. But you could look at it that way. You could also look at it that maybe it's not as uh, all fired unusual as might, what some might have supposed. Uh, well, yeah, 12 times. So I don't know. I'm not feeling you sound like you're feeling the Nuggets a lot more than me. Oh, no. I, I mean, I thought I picked the Clippers to win the series. And I, I, I do believe that the Clippers are the better team, but I don't know it. I, I mean, any team that has Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on it, you would expect that team to win a whole lot. But, uh, well, maybe maybe not. You're, one, you're, you're right about one thing, that uh, any basketball fan who doesn't have a, a stake in the game does not want to see the Nuggets play the Lakers. We want Kawhi v. LeBron, please. I don't want LeBron v. Uh, uh, hmm, Paul Millsap. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, look, you're taking away. You would have been rooting against the amazing Mets in 1969. Yeah, no, I, I like the underdog uh, sometimes. But in this case, I want to see a good Western Conference Finals. I talked to a psychologist once about people who who cheer for the heavy favorite. Yourself. And the people who cheer for the underdog. Okay. And he said there's all kinds of ramifications of people uh, who who make those connections. And I'm not a psychiatrist myself, so I can't necessarily diagnose all that or break it all down. But people oftentimes like to, to, to pick the, the heavy favorite because it, uh, it they connect themselves to that particular team and they like to be a winner, not a loser. See, all that aside, Gordon, and, and you brushed by my one-liner earlier, I'm rooting for me. I'm rooting for me to be right. I'm rooting for me to watch a, a series in the next round between the Lakers and the Clippers, not the, the Lakers and the, the boring Nuggets. Uh, so I'm rooting for myself. What does that Wait, say, why, what does why, that say why, about me psychologically? Uh, you're selfish? Okay, sure, I you can live with that. You view the world through uh, what's good for you? Well, yeah, no duh. But I'm not so sure you're right on that. Why do you think the Nuggets are boring? I don't know if they're all that boring. I, I don't think – and, again, maybe I'm underestimating the Nuggets, uh, but I, I don't think that would be a very good series with the Lakers. Me? Yeah. I, I want to watch a good series. I want to talk about a good series. I want to talk about Kawhi v. LeBron, the two best players in the league right now going head-to-head.
Yes, yeah, please. You, you're just presuming that that would be the best one. You don't know that. Of course I don't. You don't either. I know. That's why I'm saying you're you're wasting a lot of energy on something that might not even be the truth. Here's what I do know. I know that we if, do that on the show all the time. Constantly. I know that if the Nuggets <laughs> win, I won't get the LeBron v Kawhi matchup. You know how I know that? Because Kawhi is not on the Nuggets. Ah. So I there is something that Very I perceptive. do. There is something that I do know. However, you're also talking about a team. That has come back from the brink of elimination twice before against all odds. So they've got something going that is beyond uh, that. That might be, uh, you know, I don't know, in the cosmos. All right, great. You can and if have you're fighting against the cosmos. Look, Jake, I know how you feel about Cinderellas in the NCAA basketball tournament. Oh yeah, they're all. You think to lose. they never are going to put up a good fight at the end? So why wait? Why mess around with them in the early going? Correct. But but that may not necessarily be the truth with what the nug the Nuggets are showing in a in very convincing fashion fashion that they are worthy. All right, man. You can watch Rudy play football. I'll watch Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> and, and just watch uh, Michael Porter Jr. try to defend LeBron James. Oh, Jake. man. That'll be great Okay, I, I take it back. That would be amazing. Just to watch the, the highlight reel that would be LeBron James against Michael Porter Jr. The guy that incredible. makes James Harden look like an all-defender. <laughs> right. And then watch him complain about his coach after the game. <laughs> you know, I should get well, the ball more. Yeah. <laughs> Who said that? You said that? You? Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah, haven't you been on this team for like forty-five seconds? <laughs> Complaining but, about touching the ball more. But Jake, what give you're me some Gatorade. You're, you're you're taking credit away from the Nuggets that might provide thrilling games to come. Yeah. All right, Gordon. Unexpected games. I'll, to re- come, I'll hope for the Clippers because I'd want to see the Clippers play the Lakers. I think that would be more interesting. But no, I you don't want, know. You want all LA? Huh? You want? You want it to be all about Los Angeles. I do not care where these teams come from. One iota. It's the Clipper roster v. the Laker roster. Yes, please. And I would love to see Laker fans like PK cry. (laughs) If the Showtime Lakers were to lose, yeah, that'd be great. That is a good song. I always liked that song. No, it's not. It's like the 50th best Randy Newman song out there. It's yeah, it's a classic. You just we've been playing that. We've been playing that on radio shows that I've been on for 30 some years. I mean, it's just it's a classic, and we're going to hear it a whole lot if you get your wish. We know you're a Southern California guy, Gordon. You worked for the the Daily Clipper down there. We got it. <laughs> Is there a Daily Clipper down there? <laughs> Yeah, didn't you write features for it? That's the whole reason you went to to Juice Newton's uh, apartment. Daily Clipper? Or Daily Breeze? No. The Worked the Daily Breeze? The 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 Times Picune? I worked at the LA Times. Uh, want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Coming up next, we'll get to what's going on. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.